family to be one. He wants us to be together. This, uh, getting along with others also demands that we would understand other people, that we would understand people within our family, to get to know their facts, to get to know their, 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 their life and, 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 and who they are and, and their journey, right? And unfortunately, in today's world, living in South Florida, living in Miami-Dade County, uh, we live extremely busy lives. And um, we don't have time for fact checks, right? Uh, we don't have time to really analyze things. We just kind of come to very quick conclusions uh, without really knowing people, without knowing their heart, without knowing their intentions. Listen to me, we need to slow down, right? We need to slow down. Get, the, uh, you know, get your pedal off the metal, right? And you need to, uh, we need to uh, listen more. You know, uh, uh, you know, those of us who are preachers, we like to talk. I mean, have you kind of noticed that? We're trained to speak. And I have come to learn that I need to shut up sometimes and just listen. We need to listen to others. Uh, and, and, it, and it really impacts our personal relationships, right? How we can listen, uh, dads, to, uh, to our children, right? Listen to our children. Listen, listen to our wives, right? And, and just listen and before we, we speak. Well, like it or not, we're always being influenced. We're always being influenced. Uh, this morning, probably you woke up and uh, you, maybe you, uh, you, you went to check your uh, Facebook or your Twitter or your Instagram or something. Did you not, right? Right? Eh, come on, I'm not the only one, right? All right, just want to make sure we're all the same. We're all like here, you know, this is church, right? We don't lie here, right? And, uh, and you, you know, instantly what? You start, you start scrolling and you start being what? Influenced. Maybe you went and got yourself a cup of coffee and put on the local news and you started watching some things, and once again, what you're being what? You're being influenced. You're watching the commercials, and you're watching all these things. Maybe, maybe you drove here, and you saw the billboards on the way to church, right? And uh, there's, there's influence going on. I mean, we're, I mean, think about tomorrow morning as you go to work, and as you go with your busy life, how you're being bombarded, right? And being influenced. And think of your children, dads. Uh, right now, they're not in school, but when they're in school, they're being influenced by, uh, uh, by humanistic ideas, Right? Uh, ungodly uh, ideas that are not biblical, uh, the influence of this life. But I want to let you know that we can, we can get along when we allow ourselves to be influenced by the Spirit of God. When we, the children of, of, of the Father, uh, 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 allow ourselves to be influenced by Jesus, uh, by listening to Him more than the things of this world. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says this, you, are, you are, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. The Bible teaches that there are really basically two types of people in this world. You're thinking, that's, what do you mean two types of people? I mean, I mean, you mean male and female? No, no, I mean beyond that. Two types of people. Oh, yeah, but, but we have all this ethnicity and all this racial. No, no, no. Two types of people. The Bible says that, number one, there are, there are those that are not controlled by the Spirit of God. And those people have, are selfish and have envy and pride. Uh, they're motivated by their sinful nature. And by the way, uh, all of us who are Christ followers were once those kind of people, th those people, right? Uh, all of us in this room were once not controlled by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that there, there are those then, the second group of people, that are motivated by the Spirit of God. Uh, these are the people that have been converted, that have trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and now you have an opportunity to live life differently. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 26 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their sinful nature with His passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep and step with the Spirit. Let us, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. You see, God Himself sets the example, does He not? Think of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. The Trinity sets the example for, for our behavior. First of all, we see the comforting influence of the Father. The Father, God the Father. Today we, we heard a beautiful hymn uh, of our Father who's, who, uh, who's in heaven, right? I mean, that's one of my favorite, favorite hymns. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Um, the, the, we see the comforting influence of the Father. We, uh, the, he comforts us with, when we go through trials and, and tribulation, does he not? Think of 2020. Think of what we've just gone through, right? And, and how we were in our house, you know, by, you know, there. And I don't know about you, but I, I sense God's presence, you know? Uh, while, while the world was going crazy and, and, and you know, psychological and, and, and emotional uh, uh, strife, and I'm not saying that can't happen to believers, but but for me, I just felt like God, God was with us and He was going to protect us, right? First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4 says this, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, of the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all troubles, not some troubles, all troubles, so that we can comfort those in trouble with the same comfort we ourselves receive from God the Father. We are to mimic our Father. We are, we are to be like our Father. We are to bring comfort in the lives of others. We also see the in, encouraging influence of the Son, right? Uh, we, we all need encouraging people in our lives, do we not? Think about it. Uh, many times we have more people that discourage us than encourage us, right? Uh, think of that special mother-in-law, right? For example, right? I'm just saying if you're with me, all right? I'm just saying I'm just paying attention, right? Or just people in our lives, you know, maybe that person at work or, or that neighborhood or just somebody who, when you see them, you just want to go the other way. But listen, no one encourages more than Jesus. Just think about, I mean, if you ever doubt Jesus' love for us, just think about what he did for us. Jesus left his throne in heaven with the Father, with his Father. He left home. Folks, he left home in order to come to this nasty world to be born as a baby in a manger, in a nasty manger, to, 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 to grow up uh, in a very ancient time, very difficult time, and became a man, and at the age roughly of 33, died on the, on the cross for our sins. But he didn't stay on that cross dead. He rose again from the grave, and today he's alive, and he's well. And he's with his father again at his right hand, right? But, but think about the encouragement that Jesus gives in our lives. We also need to encourage others. Then we also see the, the, the sharing influence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit sh shares. It's, it's a sharing influence that He gives us. You know, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the word fellowship uh, actually means, means sharing. But, you know, Baptists, we love the word fellowship, do we not? You know, let, let's just have a fellowship. We, we look for opportunities to have fellowship. Well, listen, we have fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is what that enables that to occur. Think of, the, think of the early church. The early ch church, it, we read the book of Acts, they shared all things among themselves. Uh, the early church shared with the poor. 
But the most important thing the early church shared was the gospel. They, 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 they just shared the good news to all people. So we see the example of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All of them are positive influences in our lives. Now, it's not enough uh, to be aware of the facts or to be alerted to God's influences. At some point, dads, uh, we need to act on what we know. We need to act on what we know, right? Uh, we've been taught, and at some point, you've got to apply the lessons of God. And I think this is where sometimes in the church we miss it. I think in today's environment, at least in, in what I see, uh, you have a lot of young guys, a lot of uh, guys who are very interested in theological knowledge. And they're really into the doctrines. Yet my observation is, I don't see a lot of application. You know, in my opinion, I would rather have people know less, but apply what they know. Uh, what are you going to do with all this knowledge and all this information if you don't know how or can't or won't apply it to your life? So be careful what you know, because once you know something, according to the scriptures, you are responsible for that knowledge. So this morning, based on Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, we're going, to give, get, we're going to see four things that we must act upon. Number one, first, we must live united with each other. We must live united with each other. Uh, verse two, Paul says, be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Now, the question that I ask not myself, but Paul, because he's the one that wrote this. I, you know, I, I want to ask Paul, Paul, uh, how on earth can we be expected to think and act alike? I mean, look at us. We're all so different. We all got different backgrounds, and we're different genders, and ethnicity, and racial, and all that kind of stuff, right? Listen, uh, listen at this point, Paul is not asking us to give up our individuality. On the contrary, a variety, listen to me, a variety allows for unity. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever had the privilege to go to a, a, uh, a uh, concert, uh, uh, like a classical concert, like for, at the Arts Center, for instance, in downtown Miami, right? And if you were to go to the Arts Center and, and be invited to one of those or just bought a ticket to go to one of those concerts, you would, you would walk into this beautiful uh, uh, a room, uh, this, 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 this magnificent, magnificent uh, type of environment, and you'll see it on stage, uh, all these instruments and in, 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 uh, musicians on stage, and, and you would see, you know, uh, everything from the strings to the horns to the percussions, and, and there are all these different, I mean, elaborate instruments, and they're all so different. And if you walked in a little bit early, right, if you get a little bit too early, you would hear them kind of tuning their, tuning their, uh, uh, their instruments, and it, and it doesn't sound very good. It sounds kind of disunified, right? It doesn't really, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, this, this gentleman or this lady comes up to the to the, uh, to, to the podium and, and has a little uh, baton and taps it and begins to lead. And all of a sudden, what do you listen to? Beautiful music. Beautiful music. Listen, that's, that is, that's the family of God. That's, that's the church. That's, that's, that's how, how we should be. We're all different. But listen, in, that, in, in, in our variety, that's, that, that's, what makes us, that's what makes it special. That together we... We play beautiful music unto God. To live united requires a knowledge and appreciation of our roles. 
Listen, it's, it's no different in our families, right? Uh, it, you know, the husband and the wife and, 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 and our children and, and in the church, and we see it in all these areas of life, we have to appreciate, right, the roles that other people play in our lives and how they impact it. Listen, the, it would be very boring if we were all were the same, right? But God has allowed for this diversity to occur. So number one, we need to live united with each other. But we also need to behave maturely with each other. We need to be mature with each other. Watch again, this also applies in our, in our, in our family life, right? Now, I have, uh, we have, uh, we have four, four granddaughters. We have no grandsons. I'm, you know, I'm, telling the, I'm telling my kids, you know, they got to work on you know, the grandkids, I mean, on the grandsons. But right now, we got four granddaughters. And the eldest, she's five years old. She's going to start, uh, she's gonna start uh, kindergarten. Uh, this, this, this school year, and uh, uh, she's our five-year-old. She's, she's kind of special because she's our first, and her name is Eva, and we call her Eva the Diva, all right? She's our diva, all right? And uh, she knows it, you know? She's the diva of the family. And uh, in, in our household, we, we have our kids over a lot for, for dinner or for just gathering together, and, and, uh, and Eva only lives five blocks from our house, so you can imagine. And so she's very familiar with... Uh, uh, Papa and Abba's house, right? And when we have when we have dinner, and my wife, you know, uh, cooks uh, this once again a wonderful meal. Uh, what Eva will do, I mean, all the time, she will. When we're about ready to sit down, we're, we're sitting down, about ready to say grace. She will she will stand up on her chair, and she will look on whatever's on the table. It could be you know, it could be chicken, it could be pork, it could be it could be uh, steak, it could be fish, whatever that is, and she would scope out the largest piece of, of, of meat, and say to all of us, and claim in the name of Jesus, say, that's mine. I, I, want, I want the biggest piece. And her father and me and the rest of the guys, we acquiesce to her, and we give her, believe it or not, the largest piece. And, and she actually eats it. Now, if for some reason today, after church, you would say, hey, Al, we really like. We want to invite you over to our house for some lunch, and so I went over to your house and and we set the table and you had just just really nice presentation and but all of a sudden before we said grace I would stand up and look at the table and say hey I want that one. that's the biggest one I want that piece of meat right uh, it it wouldn't be very cute would it it's cute when a five year old does it but it's not cute when a sixty three year old man stands up in your house and requests or demands the largest piece of meat. That sounds very, what? Immature of that man, right? Well, listen to me. In the same way, we, we, uh, we, we need to behave maturely. With one of, we need to grow up, uh, basically, right? We got, we got a lot of people who just don't want to grow up. Well, verse 3 says this, do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Now, interestingly enough, the, the original language, the word selfish or the, or the term selfish ambition means party spirit. Not South Beach party spirit, not that kind of party spirit, right? I mean like political party spirit, kind of like what's going on in our nation today, where you got two parties that can't get along and it's either my way or the highway and, 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 in the, and then the nation is in disarray because we just can't get along as a nation. The family as a nation cannot get along. Well, this is the same thing that the Bible is saying, that we need to be mature, we need to give and take. We need to be able to, to be mature about things, just like in your family life, 
right? You can't, listen, it can't always be how you want things. I mean, I've learned that in 41 years, almost 42 years of marriage, right? I eat seafood now, right? Why? Because I've had to give that, I mean, that, that acquired taste, I had to, to give it up, right? I had to, like, I had to, to adjust to my wife. The, uh, the word there, vain conceit, once again, in the original language, uh, means empty pride. You know, empty pride is based on what I have accomplished. Do you know people who are always bragging, right? I mean, we live in probably the most, you know, place where people, just people like to brag, right? I mean, you know, like, oh, look, look, look what I've accomplished, right? Look, 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 look where I live and, and how I, I've, I've, I've made money and I look at the house I live in, the cars I drive and the clothes we wear and, and, and look at the education I've acquired, right? I mean, just brag, brag, bad about all our, all our that's, listen, that's empty pride. Godly pride is based on what God has accomplished in my life. Acknowledging that, man, there's nothing good in me. Man, I, I, man I'm telling you, I, it's, 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 it's nothing good in me. I'm a sinner saved by what? Grace. And if, and if God just, in his, in his grace and mercy, has just blessed me, right? And so I, I give it up to, to the Lord. And so when I'm out there, I don't brag about what I have and say, listen, man, I, it's by the grace of God that, that I have these things. God is so good. Listen, we need to live united. We need to behave maturely. But we also need to, according to Paul, relate humbly to each other. We need to be, we need to be humble with one another. He says in verse 3, in humility, in humility, consider others better than yourself. Consider others better than yourself. Now, Paul is not suggesting that we act, uh, or excuse me, that we are to uh, have poor self-esteem. On the contrary, if we have good self-esteem, based on what God has accomplished in our life, we will not be self-centered, but Christ-centered. If, we're, if we live our life acknowledging the goodness of Christ in our life, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring an incredible balance to our life. We're going we're gonna to be able to, uh, to, uh, to be humble, but not, not a fictitious humble, you know, not a, not a fictitious, fictitious humility, but a really a, a healthy humility. Sometimes we equate humility with some kind of poor self-esteem or some kind of you know, issue with your, with your emotions. No, it's just understanding that, that man, I'm, I'm privileged because God is good, good to me, right? Listen, we need to live united. We need to behave maturely but in, and, uh, and really humbly with each other. But fourthly, we need to act sacrificially towards others. We need to act sacrificially towards others. Verse 4, Paul says, if each of you would would, uh, uh, if, excuse me, each of you should look not only to your interest, but also to the interest of others. Now, notice Paul is not suggesting that we abandon our interest. It's not what he's saying. But don't allow our interest to be the driving force of our lives. The key to getting along with others is serving others in the name of Jesus. Folks, that's not the message of the world. The message of the world is, no, 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 no. You, 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 your attitude should be, when I walk in the room, those in the room need to serve me. Right? Nobody, nobody, nobody wants to be a servant. Everybody wants to be served. Right? That's what we're told. But I tell you, in God's economy, in God's way of doing things, His way always works. Let me, let me share a, a true story when I graduated from seminary, uh, my first uh, uh, position at, at a church 
uh, was an associate pastor position. And at the time, I was actually, believe it or not, I was the youngest guy on staff. And uh, the pastor had been there for a while. The, the senior uh, adult pastor had been there even longer than him. And this was a very historical church and um, downtown church. And I, you know, I walk into this environment. I'm the new kid on the block. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like nervous that I'm, I mean, I'm like, like, I don't know what I'm doing kind of thing, right? So I, I, I find out in the staff meeting that there was, a, there was an issue, um, a long, long time issue with, I just call her the kitchen lady. Now, this was a typical, traditional Southern Baptist church. And I don't know, I think probably many of you grew up in that environment. Maybe you still do it today. But we had the Wednesday night uh, meal. Does that, does that still happen? Uh, is that still happening here? No? Okay. The, 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 does anybody remember those Wednesday night meals? Or is it just me? All right. The Wednesday night meals. So what? We hope to have, you know, Bible study. I don't know. It was like, it was like 6.30 or something. I don't know, 6 or whatever. But we would have, in other words, the church would provide a meal for a very uh, e- economic price. Uh, you could sign up. Uh, instead of going to your house, just go home. Everybody just eats there. And then you go to the, uh, to the Wednesday night Bible study, prayer, pr- prayer meeting and Bible study. And so she was a kitchen lady, and this was a full-blown commercial kitchen. I mean, it was a real deal. I mean, it was state-of-the-art, right? And, uh, and I quickly learned that there was conflict uh, with the kitchen lady and the pastoral staff. And, uh, you know, that was her kitchen, and no one was going to tell her what to do kind of thing. So uh, in, in our staff meeting, uh, the pastor, senior pastor, in the meeting says, Al, uh, from this point on, your responsibility would be to relate to the kitchen lady. And I'm thinking... You know, inside, I'm thinking, why, do he, why me? You know, like, like, why, like, I just got here, you know? It, it, I mean, I'm, this, is like, this is like I'm doomed to fail, right? I mean, like, this is like a, set me up, and I'm like, I'm scared, you know, because I had run into this kitchen lady a few times. She's not officially, but uh, she could, you know, she could, you know, be opinionated, right? And um, so, so, uh, so I, I, I just started to, to pray, and, and, and I really, literally, I was, I, was, I was that nervous. I mean, she was intimidating. She was intimidating, you know? And, uh, and I just started to pray, and I, and, I, and I realized that the way they were doing it wasn't working. I mean, walking into her kitchen and saying, I'm the pastor, I'm one of the pastors of the church, you know, I got a, I got a seminary degree, I got all these things. That wasn't going to work in her kitchen. That meant nothing to her, right? Didn't matter how many doctorates you had behind your name, right? So I started to pray and started to read the scripture, and, and I started realizing, you know, the Bible talks about loving people. Unconditionally, right? Because we like to love people conditionally. Man, I love you because you love me, right? And if you hate me, I hate you too, right? That's the way, that's the, way the world lives, right? And so I, I, so I said, oh, you know what, Lord? Help me, help me, Lord, to love this lady. And so, you know, it, 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 it was, you know at first it was kind of bumpy, you know, like all relationships. And, uh, but little by little, I just, just was loving to her. And I would ask her, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I, you know, how can I make things easier for you, Right? And it got to the point where I could go down to the kitchen and, man, she'd come up to me, give me a hug and kiss me and say, what do you need? How can I, you know, how can I help? And, and the pastors were, like, freaked out. They couldn't understand what was going on, you know? And, and, I, you know, and I, just kept, I just said, you know, you know, you know guys, it's not, about, it's not about coming with authority. It's coming with love, right? That's, that's the way Jesus came to us, right? And, and, and it actually works. It actually works. And that's why in verse 5, Paul says, your attitude, my attitude 
our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Listen, dads, do you want to get along with your family? You got teenagers? You got teenagers? You got young adults? You got little kids? You want, you want, to, you want, to, you want to be able to just have a family life that is, that is, that is genuine? Serve your family. You, you want to you uh, 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 just love your wife like in a way that is, is Christ-like? Serve her, right? Listen, when you, when you come in from work tomorrow and you work really hard and you come into your, into your den, into your man cave or whatever that is, and, and your wife is cooking dinner and you're up there with your feet propped up and watching you know, your lazy boy and uh, the remote control... Well, how about getting off your butt and going out and help your wife? How about, like, hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? Your children, maybe they got homework. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? We need, we need to apply this to our lives. In the church, the same thing. You want, you want to get along with your pastors? And you want to get along with your, your, your leaders and, and, and other members? Listen, I'm telling you, man, serve, you want to get along with your neighbor? You know that neighbor, the one that doesn't take care of his yard and is mean to the kids on the street and serve that it's incredible when you love people how attitudes change but we need to first adopt the attitude of christ jesus well this message is the opposite message that the world tells us and that message folks does not work it's evident in today's environment i mean if you want case proof uh that the world's way of doing things does not work look at the look at our world Look at our nation, right? It's, it's upside down because they have adopted humanistic ways of doing things, but it should not be that way in the church. Listen, I want, you to, I want to end by saying, reminding us that relationships matter. If you don't remember anything, relationships matter to God. They're very important. We need to remember the facts that's found where? In God's word, we need, we need, these are facts. Uh, these are not suggestions, by the way. We need to allow God to influence us. Listen to God. And then finally, we need to act on what God tells us to do through His word. You know, Jesus, uh, at the point of His ministry, was asked uh, by a religious leader. What's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment, right? It, it was a kind of a question to trick him. And he simply said, it's to love your God with all your mind, heart, and soul, right? Love God with all your, just your passion. Do you love God? Men, do you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul? Do you love God? Do you wake up loving Jesus with his, him, in, him in your mind? But then he didn't stop there. Jesus didn't just stop by loving God. But then he said, then he added the kicker. Because, you know, it's easy to love God because God loved us first, right? Did he not love us first? We were unlovable. Some of us even more so, right? But then he said, then to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Listen, your, your neighbor is anybody who's next to you. Men, who's next to you right now? Your wives, your children family members, friends, church members. Think of all those people. 
Those are your neighbors. So listen, today on Father's Day, uh, let, us, let us focus on relationships because to God, it's very important. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your, for your, just, for your love, uh, for your relationship with us. Thank you that you reached out to us when we were unlovable. Lord, help us, Father. It's hard because we're human. We're sinful. We, we're frail. But Lord, help us, Father, to cling on to you and to, and to know what you want from us, but then to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, allow you to influence us and live, live that out. I pray for every family here, every dad that's here. Lord, that you would bless them, bless their marriages, bless the children. Lord, that they would go on to become believers and, and be men and women of God. So, Lord, we thank you that this is all possible. It's not theoretical. It's possible if we just serve one another. In the name of Jesus, amen.